kind with rvd and guess who's here guys guess who's here it's rvd rob i'm gonna get that right one of these times yep um good evening dom good evening you've had a busy week so far huh (laughs) yeah and uh that's why we're doing this uh well no actually thursday was our regular day so this isn't so odd but yeah we're throwing this all over the the map lately and uh and that's cool because our fans are flexible they got flexible minds and flexible spines and they're willing to go along um but yeah i just uh traveled today usually i don't want to do anything when i come back because uh uh the traveling and 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 not sleeping but you know instead you know getting at the airport uh early and uh time change all that always leaves me a little compromised on at least the day when I get home and usually I'll take the next day off too. But because of my schedule, this is the best day to do this. Um, Basically the only day we got that way. So let's do it. So, but, but uh, in case uh, I'm not quite as sharp as I normally am and impressing myself and everyone with the, with the names I can drop and the facts and the dates, I got a little help this week. You do have a little help, and it's not me. It is not me, Rob. Please bring in our guest (laughs) and my tag team partner in life, the one and only, Sabu. Hey, what up, brother? What's happening? What's happening, Sabu? I forgot your name, but hello, you too. Thank you, Dominic. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he called me Terry, so fuck. I him. did. I shoot. I shoot. Called him. I felt horrible after I did. That, yeah, I can always tell like when someone's full of crap when they and trying to sound like they're good friends with him and <laughs> call him Terry. I'm like, yeah, yeah you know him. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> I, I'm glad you let me pass those taboos. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's no big. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Rob's my buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so cool. Uh, When's the last time you guys were actually together? It wasn't too long ago, right? Yeah, he picked you up. From there. Weeks ago, we we're hung out at the bar. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sweet. Uh, I guess that was the last time. Uh, um, yeah, that was uh, two, two or three weeks. Well, ago. The, the ECW show at uh, in Queens. The the ECW oh, signing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, is that lighting okay? Yeah, yeah, you're good. It's All yeah, right. it's totally fine. Yeah, it actually is pretty good. Actually, now I see it for. Yeah. I'm sorry about my dog crying in the background. He's, oh, that's I didn't even hear it. You're good. <laughs> no, no, you're not all right. Yeah, <laughs> does he need help? <laughs> he's, tor- he's being tortured. What kind of dog <laughs> you have? I got two pit bulls. They're not really mine. It's my roommates, but mm-hmm. uh, I treat them like mine. Yeah, yeah. Pit bulls. They're they can be nice dogs for sure. It's like these two dogs are the most beautiful natured dogs in the world. They yeah, don't, they don't even bark at nothing. And I, and I try to get them to bark, but they're, they, they're the direct opposite of the reputation of a pit bull. Right. A mm-hmm. sissy bull. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But, but I wouldn't yeah. want them any other way. I, my dogs don't fight for me. I fight for them. Yeah. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. My Barbie, Barbie keeps the house safe. I'm not going to lie. She does. But you can see it. You can see her monitoring the whole landscape and everything like that sometimes. Yeah. Do you mind if I smoke? No, not at all. We don't care if you burn. <laughs> Go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So, yeah, Sabu, we just uh, talk. You know, um, I don't know what you do on your show. I will find out soon, but. We usually uh, talk a few topics, whatever, um, as opposed to just an interview. You know what I mean? So that way I can still be the whole laughing show. <laughs> right. <laughs> did you uh, see the uh, – Sabu, did you see my match last night? No, or? I didn't. I was sleeping. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. As long, as long as you didn't fall asleep watching it, that's okay. No, I was sleeping before that. Okay. How did it go? <laughs> yeah. um, it was uh, good. <laughs> it was good. Um, uh, it liked it. Good comments, you know. But it was a six-man tag, mm -hmm. and you know those are uh, a lot. Those are complex. Trying to figure everyone being in the right spot and looking, you know, three. So there was there was a lot of chaotic uh, energy to it and and stuff. But uh, it was it was fun. I mean, crowd was awesome. Of course, RVD got the the biggest pops ever. So you got big time pops, man. You got the you got the RVD pop right there. It happened, you know. Uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> What's that? I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, but yeah, it's it little six man. The timing and everything like that. You know, it's like not necessarily my favorite match. You know, but it's not my least favorite either. Because least favorite for me is the battle royal, and, and that's because it's just you know, it it seems almost pointless. Like you're not all the attention's on me, not even a sixth of the attention is on me, you know, a 10th, a 20th or whatever. And so, you know, it's like, hey, let's all go see if we can get the biggest guy out. You grab a leg, I'll grab a leg. And it's just not not my favorite story as an artist to go out there and, and do. But it is one of the easiest matches, I guess, as far as the least amount of work. I mean, it's still not something a normal human could do. You're still going to go through – Depending on how long you're in the ring, you know, 10, 20, 50 cartridges. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I don't like battle rolls either. I don't like eight man or six man tags either. Tags okay if it's with you, with anybody else, I don't like it. it what would you say is your most hated match? Probably Battle Royal, Sabu, if you had to go no, with it? No. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. No, it's a. Um... It's a schmoz, that's for sure, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. In, in, in Japan, um, even though I still. You know, it wasn't my favorite to do the six man and eight man. They started me out on that a lot when I was really young and to protect me or whatever. And it was so competitive. Like, uh, what I boom, I'd be tagged in. I would have like no idea, you know, uh, what I'm going to do or who I'm in there with. And it was that competitive, just trying to, uh, look good and impress people, uh, while this dude's trying to do the same thing on you. So the give and take, body language, all that, it, it was something that's, that was, I remember that as being like, um, so, uh, you know, so, so real, you know, like I'm gonna go out there and, you, you remember, know, do you remember that time Fuji wanted me to do the junior heavyweight battle royal? I said, I'm not doing that. He goes, why not? I said, I'm no junior heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> we talked about that, Sabu. Like, how you goes, I'm not doing it either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob mentioned about how you, yeah. like, uh, they wanted to put him in the junior heavyweight division or like yeah. get him the belt. And you're like, don't get the belt. Do not get the belt. And you explain why, because you'll always be noted as a junior. Right. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, Rob, how was it? How did it feel to kind of too? We've mentioned it last week about you getting back in the ring with Samoa Joe and working with him again, and and uh, kind of all that aspect. I know it was a six man tag of trios match, but uh, how did it kind of feel to do that? Uh, it was uh, it was good, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, all all those guys are good, um, but um, it's it's not like I said. It was a little bit chaotic, you know what I mean? Like. Uh, yeah, I was in the ring with Joe, but it might have been, you know, a couple of moves here and there and where it could have been a save or, or whatever. There was just like so much going on. It's not it's not the same as is actually like uh, as being in there and, 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 you know, wrestling around with somebody in the ring for a little bit. Although that does happen, that is part of the match. People pair off and do that and stuff. But um, I don't know. I just feel like. Uh, I don't know. I guess I feel like I was in there a long time, actually, for the match. So I, I was in there with people taking turns uh, whipping on me and stuff for a while. I know that. But, uh, yeah, but it was cool. Um, everyone's good. And everyone at AEW, uh, not everyone, but a lot of guys, like, really went out of their way to make me feel appreciated and, and welcome. And uh, that's how I felt. So, when, I, when I was there, that's how I felt. They, everybody was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. They were like, hey, some of us might be a little apprehensive about coming up and telling you this, you know, but we're all like so excited that you're here and like, it's so stoked and, and it's just, man, it's so cool. And, um, you know, there, there was a, a few particular guys that, that said that and I'll just, you know, I'll always remember that because that, that stands out. It, it's definitely, uh, definitely puts me in a different perspective than in WWE where I kind of just, felt like replaceable um expendable right. might be there next week might not i never know how to feel you know <laughs> right it's yeah you know didn't know i never knew if i was really being appreciated or not there because there was so much balance of different energies conflicting the pressure was kind of off more so in aew we can kind of have that yeah. a little bit That's totally. yeah Yep. Totally no pressure. Yeah. I grabbed uh I grabbed the referee last night, Sabu. Like uh, I could I wanted to go in there and make a save and I was like, damn, I'm not gonna make it. And uh and then she got down like right between me and the cover and, and I'm like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it time and I and I you know, I, I don't even know if we're the baby faces or heels. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just grabbed her and pulled her out right on the two and I'm like, I'm sorry. And just like, <laughs> like, like I had to do something. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done that before. You know what? I saw that. It was like it, the camera kind of caught it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wondered. Yeah. I wondered if they had to explain why I wasn't disqualified or anything for that. But, you know, that they didn't was just. mentioned it on air, I don't think. But Interesting. Yeah. 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 I remember pulling Fonzie out for some reason a few times. It was a similar feel. Oh. But I don't, I don't know if I've done that with the ref. I guess I probably have. So, like, maybe working with Tommy Dreamer, we might have done that. Yeah, I think you guys might have done it in my barbware match. Didn't you and Dreamer do a run in and pull the referee out or something? Maybe. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not above you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. I was just saying, if you, you stay alive, if you stay if you stay alive long enough, you get experience doing everything. And that goes in the big picture and also in little 
things like that. You know, if I wrestle long enough, uh, it's hard. I said it's hard to find a move that I didn't already do, even if it was 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. Well, Rob, uh, that's not entirely true. Not that they're doing two flips and spins and stuff, but that's a higher risk. It is. Those are the high risk. It takes away from it trying to be a wrestling match. It makes it more of a gymnastics match. You know? Yeah, it it has taken over and taken the place of the fundamentals of the match, and yeah, that's something. It yeah. look like a rugged wrestling match. It looks like a, a gymnast routine. moves like a move. Yeah, like a, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hand <laughs> mouth because uh, I can't. But I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Even if I could wrestle today, like I always said, I would not change the way they are now. I'd stay the way I was. Right, right. I think I mentioned it today, too, on my other podcast with Gagne and Greg Gagne and uh, Magnum TA that Rob was talking about, too, how he does all the all the moves. And, like, you're known for your types of moves and your, your guys' unique styles. But, like, there was the in-between that you guys would always be focusing on, too. And now that's not necessarily a huge focus a lot of the time no yes i'm glad you brought that up that's it's very true it's in between what makes character not the yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and not only that but for me sab it was become the mindset like i always i always say you know like i i i can't i don't know if i could see me you know being uh, teaching uh or a seminar or something but there's a lot that i could tell wrestlers and help them with if the opportunity was there that I don't necessarily want to say like I'm here to all the fans and stuff, but, but the way you guys train me uh, always put me in the mindset to where, you know, the, the moment's always real to me. So I'm never going to like uh, s stop what I'm doing to example. All right. So like last night I'm talking about the, the chaos, right? Boom, mm -hmm. boom. I did this hot comeback boom and you know everyone's out of place and it's and and i'm, I'm running all over uh this guy that guy that guy that guy and anyway um i went over the rope and did a guillotine leg drop on um uh on, on sl swerve swerve yeah told you i'm tired dude um on swerve and then um and then I and I wanted to I started climbing up the top rope to do a cross body, but Cage is like already there. So what a lot of guys would do is they still go up there, stand, pose, and go as high as they can, even though Cage is already standing there and stuff. I can't do that because in my moment, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get him right now. I had to run up there and jump and and go as soon as I could. And I wish I would have been able to get all the height and shit, but I didn't have time. You know, that's just like I rarely will do the RVD on the top before I do the splash. I got to really feel like my, I got to feel like my dude is knocked out and down. Otherwise, I get up there and I'm like, shit, I want to hit this uh, to score the victory. And I can, yeah. And I can tell that that's not the mindset of a lot of the guys, the newer guys that are that are trained now. They're not, they're not trained with them. Yeah, they're taking for granted the guy's not going to move or, or resist or, or they're taking for granted he's going to stay there. Even though if you hit him weekly and have him sit there for five minutes, they're going to stay there. Mm -hmm. One thing Katie said, I, I asked Katie, you know, uh, you, you know, you saw my match or whatever, or did you see my comeback? I don't know what it was, something, but one comment she said was you were like, it looked like you were like looking around a lot and stuff. That was different. You know, like normally you just, you know, like flow or whatever. And and I was just like, okay, anything else? And I took that as a compliment because I hate it when um, somebody, they'll climb up to the top rope, not even looking to see if their opponent is down there or not, and with their back to the ring and then do a moonsault and just know their person's going to be there. Like, no, I can't do that.
Right. It's like a glorified trust fall. That's what it is. Like you're not looking, oh, I know somebody's going to be there. Yeah, a trust fall. You're yeah. trusting that he's going to stay there for you. Yeah. Without even knowing if the person got into the position in the right. first place. It's like, it's not, it's too, it's too real in my mindset. What I'm doing, you know, my perspective, everything is, is, I'm really doing that, experiencing it. So um, that would be the thing that I would try to get across to, to help people that aren't um, trained that way because, you know, it, it was all about that. You know, like, what are you doing? Fucking cover him. His shoulders are on the, he's on the mat. You trying to win or what? Get on him. And that was, that was the way that I was trained by Sabu and uh, the Sheik. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sabu with the, all that kind of stuff too. Uh, I, I just got, did an interview or Brian Solomon just interviewed me, the, the author of the Sheik book. And he was oh, talking, yeah, Solomon, yeah. Yep. And he was talking to me about how, um, you know, the sheik was just training you like around around the areas to the territories, just strictly mostly mat wrestling kind of stuff starting off. And then like once you guys were going to Giant Baba in Japan and stuff like that, he told you to like kind of let loose uh and like well, show what uh, FMW, but but yes, you're you're right. Oh, FMW, that's that was it. Yeah. My first few years was no high spots. Uh I got to do a drop kick from the top rope in practice, but not during a match. Uh, no fighting outside the ring, no diving outside the ring, no chairs, no nothing other, not even a finish. Fight to the death for ten minutes, you know. And uh, and then when I went to Japan before the first, like I I started, I was practicing other stuff with Rob in the backyard and by myself and stuff. Yeah. And I'm tackling dummy. And when I didn't have nobody to practice with, when nobody's around, I do the stupid crazy stuff to it. And my uncle was watching me, but I didn't know he was. Yeah, you know? right. Because <laughs> he never said nothing. Uh -huh. I, I figured if he was watching me, he's going to tell me to stop. And But anyways, before I go to the match, go out in Japan, a couple minutes before I go to the ring, I go, Sheik, what do you want me to do tonight that's different than anybody else? I'm just a fucking regular guy. And he goes, do that shit when you think I'm not watching. <laughs> 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 he goes, you know what I mean? That stupid shit you're doing in the backyard, killing yourself? Now now's the time to do it. And so, uh, <laughs> I didn't have time to tell the guys I was wrestling to do it, Mark Starr and Horse Boulder. So I just went out and kind of did it, forced it. And they thought I was shooting with them. But they go, like, holy fuck, what's this guy doing? But I was forcing my moves because they didn't know what I was doing, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it was my time to go. In my seventh year in the business, I was ready. There wasn't like, a, oh, a couple more matches, I'm ready. Or, or next year, I'll be ready. I was ready. There was no more. There was no more ready for it, you know. Were you happy you had that kind of that length of a time period to really? Um, I am now, but mm -hmm. back then it was frustrating because, you know, I knew I had the, the skills. I just didn't have the, the push, you know, or, or the, the the company to, to appreciate, you know, to do something for me. But but since it took so long, it made me appreciate everything. And I'm proud of it that it took so long. You know, yeah. it wasn't that I took long because I was numbskull. It took long because I was being taught thorough. thorough yeah, thorough training kind of thing. Rob, how long was it for you in between that kind of window when you started kind of like getting more? Well, see, when Rob came then, I was wrestling five years already. So uh -huh. I, I kind of spun, spun, speed, spun Rob up to, to my yeah. level. Yeah, sped up the process a little bit. About, yes, you know, within reason. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't neglect nothing. Just that I had him get through stuff quicker than I got through it because I wanted him to, I wanted to learn too. So he, he taught me how to do a backflip. And I taught him some other stuff, but but if it wasn't for him. But I, I was uh, gun shy, gun shy, and doing a backflip. I couldn't do it. And I watched him and his buddy do it all the time, like nothing. I go, fuck, I got to do that. That was before there was moon cells. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that's Dango. 
that's that Daniel. Daniel yeah. We talk about a lot on here. Yeah, he was a good friend. Yeah, he had the talent too. He he just uh, he had a girlfriend or something or something. He didn't want to leave. Couple times, different girls, but that was his deal. He, yeah, he 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 didn't like being on the road, and he missed the 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 family and and um, you know it's rough. You know, I've 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 felt the same way, but made the other choice, and right. like, you know, that's what that's what life is. It's all about choices and your own priorities. What works for you, uh, you know, to keep you on your path. So you can't say someone's wrong. Or no. right for whatever works for them. He had a career anyways. He was a fireman, so there's nothing. Yeah. That's oh, he's a fireman too. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he was a fireman. No. Oh wow. A and lot of people actor and the stunt man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, all that shit. And, uh, and wrestler. And uh, I say a lot of people. A lot of people would say um, Rob should have never fucking uh, smoke smoke weed, man. He'd still be the fucking champion now, or you know, shit like that. And I was like, hey. I love smoking weed. <laughs> it makes me happy. Priorities. It makes me, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. But but that but again, that's just the image. They can think that because they only know me as the image, not the full actual multi-dimensional person that has uh things that people have, you know, needs, desires, dreams, wishes, uh, you know, an image. Yeah, if that's all I was, was um, just a wrestler trying to uh, on, uh, make it as high as I could, no pun intended, <laughs> and and uh, and that was my only my main goal in life above everything else. But like maybe it was at one time when I was eighteen or whatever. But you know, perspective changes and stuff. So you know, obviously, look at me. I'm a happy mofo. We're gonna yeah. try to <laughs> we're gonna a little bit less and see if people notice uh, on here. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good point. We have we gotta do credit. <laughs> Try to implement that a little bit. <laughs> hey, Rob, somebody that was happy to see you too. I, hey, I happen to notice could on. You me, could you give me two minutes or one Absolutely. minute? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, go no for it. No worries, dude. Yep, Stay in. as long as you want, by the way. <laughs> but um, somebody that was happy to see you too was Tony Khan. I happened to see a, a video on Twitter of uh, him doing the thumbs at the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, because I was walking. Uh, I guess I was the last one to to walk out uh, up the ramp and they played my song out, you know, and I thought that was cool because the fans were super cool, you know, like they treat me like, uh, like I've reached, finally reached a legend status. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I, you know, they were playing my song and the crowd was uh, chanting. I had to give them one more before I went out the back. So I said, you do it with me. Do with me, I said the whole effing show, and I was afraid that he still wasn't gonna get it. And I was like, he knows what I'm doing, right? I'm just gonna do it, Rob. <laughs> Damn, he was there with it. He was there with it. Made a clip. You saw it. You enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, he didn't do the Linda McMahon gooseneck ones. No, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that. Uh, yeah, that would have been bad. Fans would have ate him up for that. Yeah, that would have been rough times right there. <laughs> Sabu, every once in a while, somebody uh, will say to me, I like that thing you do where you touch your shoulders. And they, <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know it's a thumb. <laughs> no, every once in a while. I mean, that's happened at least five or six times over the really? years. Yeah, yeah, it's I weird. I never heard that. Linda McMahon was the first one. That's really oh, cute where you say your initials. And, oh, that's where you got that from? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they see that, but whatever. Uh, we can't see it's a thumb. Or their brain twists it in their memory, I guess. I don't know. 
Sabu, does anybody ever screw up the point, the simple point? Well, yeah, because they, they go like this, and, and it's kind of, it doesn't matter. But I'm pointing at something. I'm yeah. pointing at something and looking, even when there's nothing there. And it, it's not like this, like number one. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, you got to go this way. But I don't care if they mess up. I'm the, this when people do it with me, I tell them how what I'm doing, not just to point out. And if they want to just point out, go ahead. When one time a fan said, I love your five time frog splash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all fucked up. Yeah, we were traveling together. Uh, actually, when, when he said it, he wasn't with me that day, but that was way back then when he said that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna be in uh, Chillawatha or whatever that's called on the eighth. Chillacopy. Chillacopy. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. I think I'm managing you. Uh, have you? Did you just hear Dylan say that that one time, or have you heard something about that again? That's the only time I heard him say it. Okay, because I don't know if he was joking or serious, and uh, you know, if they didn't tell no. you that. No. Cool. He, he got sick because he he ate and smoked weed. Oh, jeez. He's trying to feed with everybody else. He got sick, so that's why he flipped out. Yeah, it seemed like his sugar dropped, and he was it weird. It wasn't sugar. It was he was so stoned. Oh, gee. Anyway, that's that. Yeah. Rob, a big sponsor that we're happy to have is Get Blitzed. THC Lit Aid. Get enthused with some infused THC Lit Aid and Get Blitzed. There's so many different flavors. From uh, key lime pie to cherry to so many more, pina colada, good, good stuff. And guys, it's legal in all 50 states, so you can get it anywhere. Just head to get-blitzed.com and use promo code RVD to get 15% off your order. And I tell you what, Mickey Ray, Sinatra, and Courtney, they know what they're doing. It's a great product, and uh, a lot, a lot of people like it, and it's an easy way to kind of get that high feel good about it so go to get-blitz.com and use promo code rvd to get 15 percent off thank you get blitzed everyone was like dude what are you doing smoking put that down that's not you what right. do you mean he ate some also he thinks it was nothing candy and oh edibles oh yeah yeah thing. yeah but eating is a different buzz and smoking is a buzz if you're not if you're not used to it but eating everybody's got the same edibles od story you know i, I wasn't feeling anything so i ate a little bit more everyone <laughs> got that story. Nice. it exactly happened to me yeah of course i woke up naked in my bathroom like <laughs> from, from edibles? <laughs> edibles edibles yep uh-huh yeah, I yeah. Had that good. <laughs> <And>, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was rough times <laughs> melissa had i gave her a cookie one time a half a cookie when i wasn't looking she ate a whole cookie and she flipped out for three days. She oh never, she never did it again, though. But she, she just couldn't take it. Her system couldn't take THC. Yeah, it can be edibles are so popular. You know, the people, people that would never smoke will eat edibles, and and I guess they probably think that the smoke is going to be bad for them. That would be a, you know, a common, a common man thing to think. You know, which I've said many times on here. No, not when it comes to the magic smoke. There's no evidence ever of that causing damage. And uh, and I myself, as an example, you know, Sabu, I don't know if I told you. Did I tell you I got my lungs x-rayed? No. 
just not because I was having any problems, but just wanted to, um, you know, for documentary purposes. And anyway, um, had two different doctors look at the images and they both said no inflammation, no sign of smoking, no discoloration, um, you know, completely healthy. Clear. They said clear. One of them used that word. And not even from smoking weed. Right. Excellent. Yeah, which I'm not surprised, but I think that a lot of people, because I can feel, you know, healthy, and I and I feel like I know I can hold my breath and I can stretch my lungs, and I, you know, um, but most a lot of people would need that doctor's recommendation in order for them to give it any credibility. So that's why I bring it up. I think a lot of people would be fascinated with that. You know, uh, maybe I can put the images up or something because probably people. It's probably some haters that are probably still like, do, oh, you got do, you, do, do you wheeze a little bit? Do you wheeze at night sometimes? Nope. No, See, sir. I've been wheezing for years. But, but, you've been, but you also smoke cigarettes. Yes, but not on a regular basis. But you smoked a lot more than I have. Okay, I smoke yeah, zero. I smoke zero cigarettes. I think I have cigarette lung damage. Yeah, but you, I don't know. Back in ECW, you used to smoke a cigarette every time uh, you smoked weed. You'd light up a cigarette. That was on the road, and that was before a match. But that damage. After I went home for four days, I didn't smoke no more, only weed. Now you sound like Bobby Duncan Jr. saying, I don't even drink at home. He comes out and has an, an intolerance to handle like eight cases of beer on the first night. I know. Okay. I don't want to sound like that, but anyways, okay, I'm going to smoke. But that's the thing is, um, I, you know, I since I don't smoke cigarettes, that I would love to document that, you know, and have awesome. more, more variables. I, I do cardio every single day. Even when yeah. I'm not doing cardio, I do cardio. Every single day. What kind of cardio do you do? You know, uh, I figured the last thing to go on me or Melissa would be our hearts because we, we walk so much. We walk to the gym every day, a mile to the gym. You know, we walk everywhere and uh, to the strip. So, But, you know, she had a heart attack. But uh, I think my, my heart's probably too strong i'll probably live too long yeah you are yeah you already have (laughs) (laughs) you live too long too next time i see you (laughs) um but is that was that uh in fact hi baby hey katie hey katie Hey, hey, barbie was that in fact a heart attack sabu or or a strong Um, yeah well I'm not sure. She had some kind of heart disease, and one of her valves gave out. Uh, kind of, like, that's what they said with Eddie Guerrero too. At least that's what I was told. It, way back in the day, like that he had heart disease and didn't know it, and then we all got checked. But Everyone but also, it. her brother had an open heart surgery. Her dad had a heart you know heart heart disease. Her mother had yeah. heart disease. All this we didn't know about. Tatcher. I didn't know about Tatcher. She died. Then her brother goes, "Oh yeah, I forgot." My dad had a heart this, and my mom had a heart that. Oh, had, so it was like hereditary, maybe. He was 34 years old, had a triple bypass. He wow. forgot to tell me that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so he goes, yeah, it was probably, you know, uh, was it hereditary? Yeah, hereditary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Genetic, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah no, I got, got you. Well, well her, both brothers are doctors, and, and I, I was pretty down on myself. I still am. I'm ashamed I couldn't save her. But they go, even in a hospital setting, I probably wouldn't have been able to save her, but yeah. and they're doctors. You know, they said that her heart was so far gone that uh, that's why she didn't struggle because it just gave out. Boom. Yeah. There was no choking. There was no convulsing. There was no com- no 
no commotion whatsoever. It was like the most peaceful, quietest death I've ever imagined, you know. And that's the only thing I'm thankful for is that she didn't suffer because she didn't right. gag nothing, mm-hmm. it's, you know, nothing like that. Yeah, it's like it, it's it's a very sad it happened. She just went to sleep. She, yeah. she was doing mm-hmm. mail. She went to sleep on my there, and I rolled her back, and then laid her on the floor. And then after a while, I didn't realize it went quiet. Yeah. If she would have choked or gagged, coughed, I was whoa, whoa, whoa. I would I would been on it. She's three feet from me. She didn't right. make any noise. Zero. Wow. Well, pretty cool. You wear the card, right? You have that card on. Oh yeah, I wear it every day. I wear it. I'm especially wear it to the gym because that's awesome. She's just from the gym. That's very cool. Very. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, back to uh, smoking though. You've always been the only person that that I know that smokes because he wants to like everybody else would be like i know i you know i gotta quit it's dirty habit i'm trying to quit or you know i cut down i just i quit for a while i just recently started but for sabu he's always been like no i just do it because i want to <laughs> before a match when i'm on the road and before a match i'm pretty nervous you know that so i yeah. always smoke the cigarette before that it never helped it actually made it worse <laughs> more, more but while I'm doing it, I think this is going to help. And it's, yeah, it's just not. like the process of doing it is somewhat yeah. therapeutic in a way. Yeah, you, and, and I figured I'm already in shape. The cigarette ain't going to do any damage. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, Sabu, talk about, too, when you first got the call for AEW to kind of to be a part of them. And uh, how, how was that experience for you and just getting involved with that, too, starting off? Um, it was cool, but uh, they called out of the blue. Uh, Chris Jericho's in uh, said, uh, You'll be in town Wednesday and, and Sunday. I said, Yeah, and then boom, Chris Jericho started. called you, yeah, yeah. Uh, why? No, I was just that. that I just I just found that interesting. Just I don't know, just because I, I get a text from an office guy. Well, I guess because he's my friend, I guess I know him personally. I don't know why, but anyways, that's what he said. Anyways, I know Chris Jericho, <laughs> yeah, I can call him right now. You call him right now? <laughs> you want me to do it? I'll call him right now. <laughs> I just called you. <laughs> but he never likes my annual Chris Jericho shirtless birthday photos on Instagram, so maybe I got, <laughs> maybe I got heat. <laughs> maybe I got some heat. He called me out of the blue, and boom, boom, boom. Uh, they didn't even offer me that much. I took it just to be nice, uh, to be reasonable. And, and uh, I took it, and it was cool. Uh, I, I, I would like. Uh, hopefully, they would make a bid, or hopefully, want to do my final match. Hopefully, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Rob and I talked about that. Um, how you feeling, like physically and all that stuff? You're going to well, the gym. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting better. I was a lot worse three months ago. I was yeah. a lot worse, you know. And since more I work out, as long as I let myself recover, I'm good in two or three days after I work out. You know, the, the first. A uh, day afterwards, I'm hurting pretty bad. Like today, I'm hurting pretty bad. Last night, I worked out. Tomorrow, I'll feel better. And, and uh, I, I just got to believe in that. You know? And it does. And it happens. Uh, uh, my body's been recovering. I have to give it time. Yep. How, so how often do you go to the gym? Do you take every other day off? I, I go every other day, but I do something every day. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, you know I walk, lift weights, or something every day. But I only go to the gym every other day. That's good. Yeah, nice. That's good. Though. I try not to overdo it because you know about overtraining and shit. I'll right. overtrain later when I'm in better shape. But right now, I don't want to overtrain to where I I can't work out again for a while. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just had to listen to you know Melissa's advice. She goes, you know, when you're hurting, don't work out again until you're not hurting. And I never would listen to that. I go, no, I can't wait till, till then. Uh, 
Because you were never out. not hurting. <laughs> right. But, uh, but I've been listening to that and following that, and I'm stronger every time, and, and I'm having good workouts. Uh, they're not great workouts like I used to. I can't bench press, and I can't do curls very good, but I can do everything else almost. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, do you do like a dynamic resistance kind of stuff, kind of like what DDP does or anything like that? No, no, no. I do these hydraulic machines at the gym. It's, they're like weights, but they're hydraulic where you can increase and lower the weight as you go mm-hmm. without having to stop and pull a pin or someone take weights off or something, you know, so I can work out the failure and the beyond failure. So where I can uh, hit the button late and it's like someone's spotting me. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's I can do all, it's fantastic. But the things of those machines, they break down all the time. And they have like one machine for the chest, one machine for the triceps, one machine for the, you know, so it's a, it's six, it's 12 different machines instead of like one. Yeah. But I, but I love them. I, I, I don't know how I worked out without them before. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, when you change it up like that, it certainly helps. Uh, See, really- my shoulders are real bad. Certain angles are okay. Other angles are super bad. And with three weights, every angle is bad. But when I use when I use that hydraulic machine, I can find the right angle where it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, yeah. Rob, do you have some hydraulic machines in your gym or? Um, currently no, but I'm you know I've definitely been in and used them in, in different gyms. And my my very first home gym was called an Octa Gym, mm. and it was hydraulic cylinders. Uh, and it was a, a machine that you, if you pulled out a couple pins and rotated the arms up this way, it would transform like three different positions and you could do everything on it. And when I was still living with my mom and dad and like, I don't know, 17 years old, 16, whenever the hell I was, I started working out. That was the first thing I had. It was a, it's a rowing machine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you like pull it up, pull it in, and you can lay on it and bench and you squat, yeah. shoulder presses. Like the Octogym. That was the. That was ahead of its time. Now, now man, I, I don't know how I worked out without it. I mean, it's yeah. a necessity now. But, you know, but yeah, last week we talked a little bit about my um, health and fitness. One thing I want to add, because I was thinking, you know, I talked about. When it comes to eating, I mentioned that for me, per intake, I try to get 50 grams of protein. That's because of my body weight. So the the, the rule of thumb is uh, if you want to maintain body weight, then you try to get a gram of protein uh, for every pound. If you want to get bigger, then you start, you know, going to uh, either – you know, try to get a, a try to get two two grams. That's really really hard to do because if you're two hundred pounds, you got to get four hundred grams of protein. Yeah. Um, but so so also you try one and a half. So so me, you know, weighing around two thirty right now. Um, I usually, like I said, if 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 I eat three times and get the the protein scoops in between there, and that's three hundred grams of protein for me. That's like a good um, steady like solid like uh, go-to routine you know if i can if i'm up weird hours or whatever sometimes i might get an extra 50 grams in and get 350 and uh, or if i really feel like i want to put on weight because i'm feeling a little too skinny or whatever then i go for more of the 350 but that's what i that's the rule though a pound per per gram to to maintain and then um if you want to try to put on muscle then you work hard by the way um i asked Batista on the set of Wrong Side of Town how many grams of protein he gets in a day, and he said 600 grams of protein. Yeah. Ronnie Coleman said the same thing, 600 grams of protein. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of food. 
Yeah, a lot of food, a lot of work, a lot of intake. Yeah. <laughs> I probably don't do that in a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I've been increasing my eating the last three, four months since I've been mm -hmm. working out good. And it's still hard to put it, eat enough. Uh, and yeah. I eat all the time now. Like uh, I, the kitchen is like my bedroom, just about. Man. And, uh, I eat all the time. It's just mostly I now is when I don't have an appetite, I drink raw eggs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Rocky. <laughs> oh, the. Uh, like yeah. Sabu. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> coffee, coffee and ice cream and mecca oh, Do you do that too? Yeah. That's sweet. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> about five times a day or more. Wow. How about that? I generally don't eat enough and have never had like uh, a big enough appetite. Jerry Lynn used to way back in the day say, how do you keep up your weight with as little as you eat? Because it's a lot of hard work. And yeah, some guys, some guys go to like all you can eat sushi and just put away like pounds and pounds of it. And I feel like, you know, if I get like eight pieces, I might be good, you know, and I'm like, how do people eat so much? But, um, but it depends. I mean, sometimes you, yeah. it takes your time with your stomach stretch. <laughs> yeah. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah. 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 You know, the Sabu Rocky Balboa diet now. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I can, you know, put it in. I mean, I do get. Well, you know, I also my diet is if I eat a if I eat a pizza, I'll have yeah. a protein shake with it, right? Or, or raw eggs with it to balance out the nutrition. Yeah, right. as long as you get your protein intake, right? Yes. Heck yeah, sweet. Well, Sabu, like I know uh, it's been mentioned. I think you mentioned it maybe on Bradshaw and Briscoe, and then we've talked about it here. Rob was saying like how he'd like to be a part of your last match. Would you guys prefer to do a tag match together if it was your last match, or would you do a singles match? Would you want to do? Uh, my, me personally, either single or a tag. That would be cool. I think a tag match. But a tag shouldn't be our last, my last match. A tag could be before the last match. Oh, like a lead up. Yeah, he'll bump into me and I'll get mad and I'll beat him up and then we'll set up a last match. <laughs> Man. Better watch it. Here. <laughs> hey, we got some super chats and this one kind of ties into it. You guys are two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I went to ECW every time they came in Chicago in the 1990s. You Sweet. guys talked about your Heat Wave 98 match. Thank you. Which one y'all like? Click me. So Heat Wave 98. What Sabu? What, what memories do you have of that? Um, it was the Japanese guys. Uh, I got a lot of memories from that, but I can't tell you about them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, Wait a second. If that, but this guy's talking about Chicago. Guy yeah. or girl, sorry. No, heat wave was Daytona, uh, Dayton. Right, so I'm confused. Oh, I don't yeah. Chicago. Heat I just thought he meant he's from Chicago, Heat Wave 98. Yeah, maybe he's okay. I guess they, maybe Dayton's not too far from Chicago, maybe. No, it's not too far, but it's not Chicago. It's four yeah, it's, it's Ohio-ish. Like, oh, yeah, so it's like I used to go to all your matches in Chicago. What are your memories of Heat Wave 98 in Dayton, Ohio? I don't know. <laughs> but that is right, right? It was Hayabusa. How is you? Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I picked them up. They they flew in the Lansing, and I drove them in my motorhome. Oh, to, wow. The show. Jeez. So yeah, was so it was Hayabusa and uh, Shinzaki, uh, tag team match for the ECW World Tag Team Title Championship. You guys went almost to over 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. How about that? Well, what's funny about that match was Paul didn't pay them. I paid them. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I'm grand. I didn't know that. You want to tag but they said they'd take five grand and split because they knew it was coming from me. Wow. Wow. Man. Man. Um, and, and what I remember about that match is, uh, well, first off, you know, I just, it, it, um, 
I remember just feeling really good. You know, I, I loved having teaming up with Sabu. I loved what we represent when we're out there in the middle of the ring. Like, yeah, you know, we're bad mother efforts. I just, you know, just like, just like representing ECW when, when, you know, when, even when we brought it back and I said, I just felt like, bam, undestructible. I remember like feeling like that. And I thought we had such a, a good competitive match with these guys and I'd never met either one of them. Oh yeah. I thought you knew one of them. Hakushi. I thought you knew him no? No, if you, yeah, if you remember right, uh, you knew both of them. Yeah. I just met them and, and we went out there and fucking just, you know, fucking had a hell of a match, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I've seen the footage a lot of times since then, but I love it where I come in. I don't know make, I guess. I know yeah, I yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of the ceiling. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I have no idea where you came from, but that was awesome. I, yeah, I got, I teleported. That was sweet. Mm -hmm. But very competitive match, you know, like we were getting all our shit in. And my, my favorite table spot is this table spot we do with those guys. I think that was the first time we did a double table spot. Mm, really? Yeah. Hmm. That's, That's interesting. I don't know. Uh, Rob, you mentioned the, the one time when uh, that table leg was up. And I got I, you in the eye. Right, and that's her, yeah. Oh, he got me in the throat, <laughs> in the jaw. And one like, got me in the jaw. One got him in the eye. Remember the oh one that got you in the eye? Yeah, I've talked about that so many times, but oh. I had to get stitches on my eyelid. Yeah, yeah it was pretty nasty. Yeah, but uh, are you talking about when the table leg went in your mouth and yeah, uh, broke your teeth yeah. up? Yeah, it was under my chin, but yeah, not under your chin. Wait, yeah. the one in the one in Massachusetts? Yeah, it broke my jaw and and inside of my mouth but it came here oh well i tell the story wrong then i always tell everyone it went in your mouth because when i saw it i thought you died you like did this me and fonzie this is where i learned not to ever have a table upside down and we were, we were <laughs> carrying it in me and fonzie and it was upside down with the legs up and sabu just came out of nowhere like like me in that clip from Daytona or Dayton, uh, he just fucking out of nowhere, wham, and and it, and it looked like the thing went right in his face, the leg of the table, yeah. and he and he rolled with the momentum, and he just like rolled off it, so I couldn't see what he looked like, but he was instantly like dripping blood, leaving a trail, and I thought he just died, so I always thought that went in your mouth. <laughs> no, it was uh, my mouth might have been easier. It went through, it broke my jaw. If it wouldn't have hit, if it would have been Pat, would only broke my teeth, but it broke my jaw and broke my teeth. And uh, that was a bitch. Yeah. Oh, I could believe that. I, I, I don't, we, finished, we finished the match. Yeah. Yeah. How many times you've been Japan? No. Um. How many times? <laughs> how many times you think uh, you've had your jaw broke? Uh, four times. Damn. How many was I? How many did I do? <laughs> the only one. That wasn't really a broken jaw. It fucked my hinge up. No. Oh, okay. Oh man. One of the early matches we watched Sabu was um. Russell Palooza, so at 97 and at Cobb County, Georgia. Uh, and you and Rob in singles match, obviously. And uh, it was really, really good stuff. But you, I happened to notice that you were throwing up in the match. Were you, do you remember if you were sick or was yeah, it just sick? You were uh, sick? I couldn't eat that day. And all I had was six pain pills and a Mountain Dew, a Mellow Yellow. Oh, so, uh, a couple minutes into the match, I started feeling sick. I felt terrible for about the first 10 minutes. After I threw up, I felt better. But the first 10 minutes, I got uh, hell. And uh, when I threw up, it came out green or yellow, yellowish green. And I uh, felt better. But I, I came up like three or four times. After the last time, I felt better. 
Man. And I was sick, but what, what, what can I do? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Power through it. It's like crawl under the ring and throw up, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wrestle. <laughs> you cleaned over the apron and threw hey, up. There's one spot in there. I do a Frankenstein and boom. Then I crawled. I, I scrambled to the edge of the ring. <laughs> yeah. You were just like, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Memorable. You no, know terrifying that was. You know, pay per view, uh, main event, you know, 5,000 people. And I'm sick, sick to death, and they're expecting something out of me. I can't just say, "Wait a minute," you know. Give me ten minutes. Give me, let me, let me catch my breath. I had to keep going. It was terrible. It was, like, it was frightening. It was a nightmare. It was a fun match, though, from the viewers' perspective. After I mean, ten minutes, the the next twenty minutes was fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. Was horrible for me. I believe it. I think it was probably. Really- it's oh, probably an oversight by the fans. They probably don't consider that you know the pressure, um, not just. The normal performance anxieties, but specifically someone like me and Sabu put so much pressure on ourselves because of the expectations and not wanting to let anybody down and wanting to impress everybody, everybody and, and, and win them over, you know, like we don't already every we every night. It, we we try to win win them over as if they're not already our fans and, uh, you know, feel like we still got to prove ourselves. And exactly we do. Right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Sabu, is there a certain match that really stands out to you where you really felt the most pressure? Like, oh, man, I got to really perform here. Is, is there just a lot of the big-name matches that kind of uh, across the board is like that for you? Uh, every match I, I had that – I put that pressure – every match I got to perform mm-hmm. for, you know. Uh, I get more nervous than Rob does, but uh, I shit my pants almost every single match. Now, some degrees of nervous is different, but I'm always nervous. There's never no nervous you know, yeah. match. Even before, even before this Twitch, I was nervous. Even before I do my own Twitch, even before I do any interview, I'm doubting myself and getting cold feet. That's, I believe me, I can sympathize. I definitely, I have that a lot too. So <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it happens to everybody. I, I know. And like, hey, nervous. Just being nervous means you care. And then a lot yeah. of times it's just in your head, and you usually do great anyways. It doesn't matter. My uncle said, "Don't be ashamed that you're nervous. It just means, you, like you said, it means you care." Yeah, it means you care. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we have another super chat from all the way from Scotland. Uh, one boss gaming. Thanks for the two pounds. Did you guys enjoy working in ICW in Scotland? I did. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did Rob, did you ever work there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, yeah. Um, and, and I enjoyed it, it as well, you know, and, uh, they, their big star, um, called himself Lionheart. He was a, uh, he was a good guy and he was, uh, trying to get, I don't know if, I guess I would have been in, I think maybe in TNA at the time, I think, but I remember we were having a conversation via message and he was wanting to know who he could send info to or whatever to try to get hooked up, you know, and, uh, um, and, and I, I had just written him, you know, and said, Hey dude, uh, sorry, uh, it's been a, a while, uh, but you know, I'll try to find something else out this weekend. He's like, hey, no problem. And then, uh, like two days later, he hung himself. Oh, you're kidding! Oh, yeah. No. I know. Yeah, it was, I, I don't know who that guy was. Oh, I was very disappointed in that. In that, yeah. Wow. But I worked with him a lot over there, and in the in the and the near, uh, neighboring uh, promotions uh, as well. I believe that happened like around either 2019 or 2020. I think that was. I remember it being almost like the pandemic. I think around that time. So it would have been the last run, like, you know, like he needed 
Scott Demore's info or something to to try to get a, a job or whatever. But yeah, like, yep. Oh, man. He's on the list of many people that uh that I know that we know, Sabu, that, that chose to hang themselves. Yes. The long list. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a tough business and it's, it's a, a tough list with some of my best friends on it. That's what's really shocking, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, Ashley Massaro's in the news a lot. Might as well bring her up, like real, bring her up real quick because that's a hot topic. Like she's everywhere, and it's like it's cool to see the the headline of like justice for Ashley. Like it's a movement. Like man, I was so bummed. Uh, you know when uh, when she uh, killed herself, it was it really it really sucked, and um, she isn't around now to see that she might be getting revenge for something that could have been so bad it destroyed her life, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, well, but I, it's cool I, to I, see. I liked her. She got hired the same time I did. Really? Search. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause you came in around 2006, right? Sabu was that? Yes, was she, that she, Sabu was the diva with the uh, fishnet <laughs> stockings. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look at that one. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I talked to her quite a bit. Even my ex-wife, yeah. me, her, us three would talk. My ex-wife actually liked her too. You know? She was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. And like uh, you know, hopefully justice is served when it all comes to it, you know, and and stuff come, gets to fruition, whatever it may be, you know? It's uh, yeah. I didn't know about that justice, story. Is justice Vince paying, or is Justice Vince going to prison being punished? Which is justice, you know? Right. He'll probably pay, but that's not really justice because he's rich. Yeah, it's kind of, it's well, it could settle out of court, anything like that. You just don't know. It's just like, you know, you want, that. it definitely is. And I don't wish that he goes to jail or, or anything. It's just that, uh, it sounds like it, you know. It sounds pretty bad, and we know Johnny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Japan working like. <laughs> remember, remember when um, Johnny had the, uh, the 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 golf club print on his ass? Oh yeah, yeah. Him, him and um, Patriot. Yeah. What? Yeah, him. Uh, him and Dell Wilkes were walking around at night. Uh, in I can't remember what town, but you wouldn't know it anyway. In Japan, yeah, and 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 they stumbled upon a scene where they saw a couple of dudes uh, getting their asses kicked by a bunch of other dudes, and they thought they should be heroes and go in like <laughs> big Americans and stop the fight. You know, hey, 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 hey you know, back off, and. Because uh, they were getting they were getting beat um, with with golf clubs and shit. And when they did that, everybody turned on them, including the dudes that were getting their asses beat. What? There's a bunch of three foot Japanese guys beating them with clubs. Just a day. Yeah. yeah, and they ran out of there. And they had I can't remember what was Patriots the one that had on his back. So I think he had one on his back. Johnny's on the side. It was like a perfect um, golf club print. Um, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said that he figured they stumbled upon like a, a Yakuza or some kind of gang-affiliated initiation oh, and that they were breaking it up, and that's why they turned on him, too. Oh, jeez. Uh. <laughs> well, they got initiated. 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, Ace's Yakuza. Let's put that headline out now. <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> Yakuza member. Although I am expecting to hear something about Vince and the Mafia uh, eventually. You know, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you know he's got to be part, tied up in the mafia. Being the yeah, you could in those certain years, you couldn't do anything in New York without working with them. His dad worked with them. They ran the arenas and the and the entertainment business, pretty much everything. You know, at one point. So I, I know there's some stories there. Yeah. Oh, geez. yeah. And in the in that 67 page complaint uh, too that I read, uh, he he had sent her some things with allegedly, which I took to mean lawyers, but it depends on how you read it. When he was like, Hey, you can't, you can't give me any problems on this. Uh, I have phone numbers on speed dial. I have contacts on speed dial in my phone that they solve problems instantly. Things, things to that nature. And at the time I was thinking it read, like I thought he meant like big ass, high powerful lawyers, but now I'm thinking. Someone will take, knock her off. Yeah. Maybe. Old Jimmy snakes from, uh, but, but anyway, yeah. I mean, we know some stories that everybody knows about, you know, like Jimmy Snooker and, uh, and there's some other ones out there too, but anyway, um, justice for Ashley. Justice for Ashley, yeah. indeed, indeed. Yes. Um, we have a little super chat here. Smiley Garner Gamer says, "Hey Sabu, it's me from Twitter. Miss you this Tuesday." So, well, from where? From uh, from Twitter, I guess. Uh, oh, or maybe Twitch, you mean? Is that yeah, or something to that effect? Yeah, man. That, oh, that, that's you. <laughs> no, is that's that when you do your show on Tuesday? Is that what they mean, or no? That, do you do your show on Tuesday, Sabu? I do a Twitter on Tuesday, yes. Oh, okay. So that's probably what he's referring to. Uh, 5 p.m. Las Vegas time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, let me know when you want RVD on it. Yeah, I, I think this week is going to be um, Haley J. And oh, right. Cool. Oh, from uh, the wrestlers. Yeah. I was supposed to do her last week, and, and I missed. And, oh. Uh, I'm going to do her this week. Nice. I'm going to do her. No, I'm going to have her on. <laughs> You're going to have her on. Just have her on. <laughs> cool. hey, you, you met her before, right, Rob? Yeah, she's yeah. cool. She's pretty super. She's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that and like you just mentioned that that reality show that Al Snow did, like that really made her look like a star, I thought, you know, like she kicked ass in it. After watching that at the end, I'm just rooting for her, you know. Um, and, and yeah, she, she awesome. is very advanced. She's only twenty five. She's she's very advanced. You know? She's only twenty five, that's crazy. Yeah, she, she has no shame and, and she's not shy. Do you think she's pretty smart about like the the little details of the business kind of things? No, not yet. No, not uh, yet. No, and I'd like to teach her, but I don't know shit either. But <laughs> but, but she'll get that eventually, you know. Yeah. But right now she has the tools. Shit, she has the talent. It all comes with experience. Kind of thing. She can talk. She can wrestle. She, she can not wrestle and still she can sing and she can dance. <laughs> oh, no, really? I don't like putting over people that much, uh, but. She deserves it. Nice, cool. nice. You know, it's hard to deny it. Mm-hmm. We got she another. Just, I'd like to do anything I could to help her in any way. Help her out, way. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Jem the Dawn, he's a regular here. Thank you for the five dollars. Sabu, love seeing you at the Halloween show in Long Island. Maybe convince RVD to come sometime. Your five star fan, Jem the Dawn. Thanks for killing it. Hey man, what's happening? Um, yeah. yeah, okay, Rob. Next time. 
Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's not that was Halloween. That's not the horror show you were just talking about in Michigan, oh, right? No, that was a horror museum. He's talking about like maybe a chillers in uh, uh in I, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. The Halloween yeah. show in Long Island. He used to do chillers uh several years anyway. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, chillers. It might have been chillers. We have another super chat, and this is from the guy, it's from Seth. Like right over a theme song, the RVD theme song here. Big love to RVD yeah. and Sabu. I saw you guys live a bunch of times in New York and up in Poughkeepsie in the 1990s and 2000. You guys are the best. Fonzie, too. Question. The Bam Bam TV title match finish is amazing. Who came up with that? The Bam Bam TV title match finish. Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I went along with it, but I wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> Who, the only... Yeah, I mean, if you don't remember, I don't remember. But the but the one thing that um, I know that I remember is being organic and just happening was uh, me uh, diving over, grabbing his legs, and doing you know the 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 flip over cover. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I as I remember. I didn't have that in mind, but I often, when I'm going to cover from that position and I'm by the feet, you know, that's something that I would uh, often do. And, um, and, and that just, to me, that made it like so much cooler. Cause Sabu was, uh, wait, no, I'm dug down, right? I'm on my hands and knees. Is that what it was? And cause he, he picked Sabu up to power bomb him and you stab him in the eye. And then, Bad. Oh no! You end up then. You're you end up behind him somehow because he drops you. I stab him. He drops me. I, I roll around behind him because he's selling his eye. You give him a kick or something. He the chair, the chair, kick the chair, and he and he he fell over you. But I yeah. So I didn't know I was gonna do you know the leg bridge or whatever the hell you want to call it. But that was just there, and I think that made it so cool because I was just you know boom. He, he was there, and I was going for. It trying to cover and beforehand, if I did vision any of that, it would have probably just been you know jumping on him for the cover. So wow. that's really all I remember. Pretty neat finish though. Either way, it's a great finish. But when I stabbed him, I had like a look like about a, a stick size of a drumstick. Yeah, he didn't get me very high up, but I was trying to get him anyways, and I really got him. Yeah. Oh God, I got him. I thought he was gonna kill me. Yeah, that looked crazy. It looked yeah, crazy. Yeah, you were you were on your way down. You're like, fuck this. I'm. <laughs> I was gonna get up there and I'm holding the back of his head. And he's gonna hold me in a power bomb position. Right, that didn't work out. All the way up. So before I went down, I'm like. Yeah, well, Sabu, we watched a couple of the matches between you and Rob. We had to, like I said, we watched Wrestlepalooza, but we also watched a stretcher match, too. Um, and that was, That's one of my favorite ones. That's what I was going to ask. Do you have a certain one that really stands out to you? Well, uh, uh, not that that stands out, but I like it because what we did with the stretcher, because everybody normally uses a stretcher. You carry the guy to the dressing room. Before you get to the dressing room, he rolls off. Mm-hmm. And then he was taking the stretcher and then doing a flip on it or whatever. You know, I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Tony Khan was at you know Tony Khan was at that show. He was at that show. Yeah, he was a kid. He was a kid in the crowd at our stretcher match. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, he's 
he's he's still told me that and then i think it was you dom right that found him i think i found him in there it's oh, like yeah. there's yeah. a very little kid in an orange shirt by yeah, a guy that's kid. like dad and i'm like yeah, Tony yeah he used to he used to be blurry yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it when you did the uh, moonsault um, out of the ring onto yeah. on a stretcher and crashed your shins on the guardrail. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crack. I thought that was cool, though, the way that was awesome. It's a double yeah. knockout, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was brutal. You both got out the stretcher and rode it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was sweet, I thought. No. Yeah. 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 That was my favorite match at the time, you know, that I'd oh, had. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was a unique one in that environment, too, that ECW. Oh, you got to be uh, innovative in another way, which hasn't been done, you know, with that stretcher. No way, yeah. You haven't seen anything like that since then. No way. No how. <laughs> it took me a second. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's because I don't sing, so it'd be pretty hard to pick up on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, obviously, guy like uh, WrestleMania is going to be in Philly, ECW stuff. You know, you're at, you both are going to be at WrestleCon and stuff like that. Uh, Sabu people talking about Hall of Fame and all that aspect. How, where's your head out on that? Are you just like, whatever happens, kind of happens? And well, definitely, whatever happens, happens. What, what do you mean, Hall of Fame? Uh, who's going in the Hall of Fame? That's what I'm curious about. They're, your name's always popping up because, like, oh, that's popping up. Okay, that doesn't really pop up. It popped up. With but but are they doing an extreme wing because it's Philly or is that just no? That, just, just the aspect of it being in Philadelphia, people. So I, figured, I figured if they do, they'll uh, induct Polly and that yeah. will be like you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a, that's an interesting way to do it too. I would think. Yeah, that way they could save a bunch of money and still get Elvis in there and get know? get Elvis in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I know a lot of people speak, you know, the notion that they want you in there for sure. So it's just like, hey, you know, and Rob, and Rob and I talk about it all the time how just underrated and like it, things like underappreciated. I always said the, that Hall of Fame is not a legitimate Hall of Fame. Wait, until Rob got in. I love it. I like it. Yeah. I, I love it. Your head. <laughs> Cool. Well, cool. Yeah. I thought uh, you were going to start burying yourself again. No, there would be, a, yeah, of course, you'd be honored. Uh, cool. Heck, we'll see yeah. what happens, man. Um, the uh, something really, really random. Sabu, did you say that you also watch First Amendment audit videos or no? I remember we were talking about it, but I can't remember what. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Where people get pulled over and yeah, people that know their rights and the cops don't know the laws and stuff. Yeah. Um, my, I think it's probably my favorite. It's called Honor Your Oath. Do you watch that one? No, I don't know particular name. Is that a channel? Oh, okay. What's that? Is that a channel? Honor Your Oath. Uh, yeah, it's a YouTube channel, and this guy, his gimmick in particularly, um, dude's name is uh, Jeff Gray, and he's really like non-confrontational. You know, he's. He's always polite and nice, unless he's offended. But even then, even then, he'll just tell the cop, like, you're a dummy. You're a <laughs> dummy. You know what I mean? Like, that's as bad as he gets, mostly. But um, he goes around with a sign that says, God bless the homeless. And he stands at places like in front of businesses, at city halls, at uh, um, sometimes other businesses out uh, on the sidewalk. 
and and that's all he does. You know, he people come by and he just says, "God bless the homeless." He doesn't even take money, but people always assume that he's homeless and that he's begging for money, and he's not. And uh, and they always end up calling the police on him, and he always ends up saying, "I'm on public property." You know, saying God bless the homeless, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, and the cops sometimes they get really, you know, sometimes they arrest him. You know, really? but yeah, um, but um, he's uh, he's a former um, vet of, of or a current vet, I guess, uh, of some of some branch of the of the military, and he always, you know, he sets the camera up and he says it's such and such date. I'm at this city outside the courthouse. Let's see if they uh, uh, respect my my rights or not. And and he just says, God put it in my heart to stand here and say this. And they're always like, can you go down somewhere else? And every, every business thinks they own the sidewalk. Yeah. They always end up finding out that they don't own it. And, uh, and 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 he doesn't even tell them right away. I'm not I'm not begging for money. You know, he lets them think whatever sometimes. And it's amazing what people's minds will come up to and how they will they'll call the police and they'll be like, I got this guy here. He's harassing people and like, you know, and he's begging them, he's begging everybody for money. And it's all bullshit because he didn't do any of that. But yeah. anyway, um, he fights though for the the, the rights because a lot of times people will say, well, you know, we have these homeless shelters over there where you can get free food and this and that. And sometimes he'll engage with them as if, you know, um, just to hear what they say. Um, and then in the end, he'll say, well, I'm not homeless myself. God just put it in my heart to stand here and say, God bless the homeless, but I appreciate everything that you're doing. And I'll say, are you a vet? And he'll say, yes, I am. Super nice dude. Um, but he made me think of homeless people different. And, and I noticed like a lot of people do treat homeless people like they're, well, they're a nuisance, like they're ants or, or, you know, or insects that are infesting their place. And when they see them, you know, whether it's in a neighborhood where houses are or whether it's, uh, you know, businesses, they, 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 they just want to like spray them and, and extinguish them. And um, from watching his videos, it makes me think, you know, like these are these are people too, you know what I mean? And and uh, and it is uh, panhandling is, according to Jeff Gray, is a, uh, a liberty that uh, the First Amendment protects. Uh, oh, and, really? I didn't know that. I yeah. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so that's yeah. I've seen so many videos with it. They end up sometimes they have a city ordinance. Then it goes to say, hey, your city ordinance can't trump the constitution. And they're saying, I'm telling you, you can't be here panhandling. And even if he's not panhandling, you know, he's he would be like, look. Sometimes he'll say, look, I'm going to give you the ultimate. You got two options. You know, you can violate my civil rights and arrest me, or you can get out of here. You know? <laughs> and uh, but it, it, he's he's uh he's probably my favorite dude to watch. And I was just wondering, like, do you ever think about that? Like when you see homeless people, uh, well, Sabu, I think I already know what you're going to say though. <laughs> You're gonna give them money. I know you are. You're gonna go by and you're gonna give them whatever you got. I, I, I truly think they're they're hungry and needed. I'd give it to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people don't, man. A lot of people look at them like they're rodents, and uh, that's gotta suck. Yeah. You're you're right. They are real people, and they and some of them are transient. Some of them are at a stage in their life where you know who knows what they did before and why they're there. Who knows if any of us could end up there, um, you know, take, making all the wrong decisions. But like a lot of people just look at them all like they're all drug addicts and they're all just going to use your money on drugs or whatever. And it's like, uh, 
I don't know. You know, I mean, they, they are real people. And like, like, yeah, Sabu, before I asked, I know because I traveled with him. And I know that he will always give them money and say, God bless you and wish them the, wish them the best. But I don't think, I don't, I don't think um, the majority of people do. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, you know, I think it's definitely a mix. I think when you uh, go to like a major city, like a, like a, say Philly, for example, I know there's a lot of, you know, homeless there and stuff like that. I think you get a mix of them. And I think uh, even people like there'll be times too where, you know, I'll see a homeless person in Pittsburgh. Sometimes I'll see them on regular on occasion. So I'll see them in the same spot over and over again. You know they're homeless, right? You know they're homeless and you know things like that. Or like, you know that they've kind of done it before. So depending on who the person is, I will give them money or stuff like that. If I, if you know, I think, you know, or if I know at that moment I have, cash to give somebody i will do that and like i mean like i think it's a natural instinct for a lot of people to like walk on the other side of them they're usually dirty you know and they're not appealing for the most part because sometimes they're wearing a blanket or something and it's like yeah. you know or they, or they look like they smell bad sometimes and it's just like uh uh man but but they're real people like they just want to call the police hey can you can you come out and, uh, you know, it's just like a wild animal got in my yard. You know, I need you to get it out, get it away from me. It's ugly. We passed, today we passed a cop car um, not too far up the, up the road from our house. And there's an empty, empty lot with a tent in it. And the cops were approaching that tent, you know, to go see like someone had just popped up a tent. And I got to say, uh, I, I, I don't want that in my neighborhood is my that's my first thought you know like hey wait a minute you know like that's can't have a bunch of tents pop up here that's gonna gonna bring the property value down and you know but i see the other side too yeah there's it's a it's a balance for sure and like you know you think about it i hear like it would only cost us all it would cost the united states altogether like 21 billion dollars to end homelessness that's all it would take that's it that's Write a check, Sabu. <laughs> Musk could do that and still be the richest man in the world. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And still, still be the richest man in the world. That'd be an amazing thing to do to take care of all the homeless. You know, let's end it. Let's just he finish it off. Like <laughs> he seems like a nice guy to do that. Would you right. say to house the homeless? Is that what you're yeah, saying? And homelessness to like kind of oh. get things set up and get programs up. set up oh. for them to kind of, you know, uh, you know, amazing. Two would be corrupt and not put it in the right spot. Right, that's what it is. It's a, you, you know. just got to worry about all the BS that you got to filter it through. Harry Saturn was homeless, you know, Sabu for a long time. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Nobody knew where he was. He disappeared from yeah. everyone that knew him. Well, that's what a video told me that yeah. I saw on YouTube. Yeah, said that uh, people, you know, he didn't. Didn't know how to get a hold of him, didn't know what happened to him, and he was just living on the streets for, for months. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, we hey, we have over 130 people in the in the chat now. Um, we do got Ooh. a couple more super chats here. Uh Smiley Gamer did follow up with the five dollars. Thank you. He said, I meant to say Twitch. So he was on he meant Twitch for you, Sabu. So that's oh it. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Bash Nagata. For, thank you for the $10. He says, huge fan of you both. My older brother and I watched ECW before the TV deal on a dial-up modem on a tiny mm -hmm. Red's computer screen. Did either of you ever have or want the opportunity to wrestle for AWA? Mm. Mm, that'd been interesting. Sabu, you answer that. Yeah, did uh, you ever I, have an interest for that? Uh, not, not especially, no. No? No. Uh, actually, what did you say? I, could, I didn't hear you. Oh, AWA. Did you have an interest in doing AWA ever? AWA. No. Um, 
that was before my time. They went out of business by the time I got out of uh, my when I first started. Mm-hmm. Did you grow? Up, did you grow up sometimes watching the product at all or anything? When it yeah, was- no, not very much because it was uh, you know Chicago. We didn't get that in Detroit or Michigan. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Or Minneapolis, I mean. Uh, yeah, but Minneapolis. I got it later on when it came on ESPN, but that was like the last. That was the downturn. Yeah, yeah. I actually seen Shawn Michaels and uh, Marty Jannetty on there as the Midnight Rockers, and then right. Uh, a few weeks later, WWE is the Rockers. <laughs> then they boom, they show up like that. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, did you so ever? That would have, that would be the. I mean, you know, Sabu was in the business before me, so if AWA was already out before he was around, then of course they weren't there for me. And I was gonna say, um, never had the conversation with anybody about going there. Uh, so, yeah. It's yeah, they went out of business about eighty-eight, eighty-six, something like that. Yeah, it was at 85. So by the time I got in there, they were gone. Right, right. They had a lot of names that go, went through there that trained. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Medusa's top man. Yeah, Medusa right. Kurt Henning. Yeah, Kurt Henning. You had um, Flair initially got his start there. Campus yeah, Flair there. got trained by Ganya. I didn't yeah. know that. Yep, Flair no got idea. trained by Ganya. And he was like oh. heavy set Flair. He didn't even look like Ric Flair. Oh. And like oh. it was just a different dynamic <laughs> back then for him. Right. But Sheik, too, the Iron Sheik, he was yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty truck, yeah. mm-hmm. Lots of different stuff. So yeah. I watched um, some of it. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been reruns if they if they ended in 85. No, I guess that's about when I first started watching. Yeah, the last thing they did was uh, Showboat Arena. In Las Showboat. Vegas. Las Vegas. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it looked like it sucked because it was like <laughs> a ballroom. It wasn't an arena. They did that. Yeah, and there was people sitting, like not even filling up the first two rows. Sometimes oh, we used bad. to laugh at that. Yeah, I didn't laugh, but yeah, well, I was just a stupid little kid. I was only like fifteen. Uh, <laughs> I laughed at everything. Remember me and Dango laughed at everything. You guys are silly. <laughs> but uh, we got around right before uh, Memphis went out. Like Memphis fizzled out a few years after we were there. Oh, really? We killed it. We so, killed it. We killed uh, it. You're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that was probably the last territory. I, I don't know. We'll still in Portland. Those two were probably the last territories. Uh, Memphis and Portland, I think. Was that Don Owens? Yes. That was Don Owens? Okay. I'm not sure if it was Don Owens still running, the, but it was his, his area. It was that area for him. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Hey, Rob, we kind of talked about this one last week a little bit, touched upon it. One Boost Gaming, thanks for the Boss Gaming. Thanks for the two pounds. He said, Memories of beginning <laughs> Hardcore Justice. We mentioned that, you know, that making that transition from that hard justice to hardcore justice. What are you? Yeah. Do you guys have some memories of that, Sabu? What did you say? I heard Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> hardcore justice. What what do you remember working uh the- Oh I I liked that match a lot. It was pretty good. It was better than pretty good. That was me and Sabu's match, right? I believe yeah. so, yes. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I liked it too. It was like uh it was awesome and I liked that we were representing ECW uh on another platform because always that adds depth, uh invalidates, you know, all the time and effort. So that's always cool to do that and pay tribute to uh, to that vibe. And uh, the match was cool. Sabu was bald. That was one thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> I like about it. Yeah, I was bald. 
That was one one thing that there's a very short time period where <laughs> where uh, two years. Yeah, I had my... was that just a choice, Sabu, or did you do it for real? Yeah, it was a choice because I was starting, starting, starting to go bald. Mm-hmm. Not even close to where I'm now. Now I'm bald, but uh, so I wanted to get ahead of the curve, so I shaved my head to look like I was crazy, but I looked stupid. <laughs> and by the way, he donated the hair to uh, to somebody that needed it. Did you really? That's Cancer. awesome. That's Cancer. awesome. Man, way to be. Hey, I'm looking at the card. So, yeah, you guys made a minute, obviously. It was RBD defeated Taboo in 17 minutes and 15 seconds. But uh, it was, it was full, of, uh, full of ECW guys, obviously. Raven defeated Tommy Dreamer. The Dudleys beat uh, Axel Rotten and, the, and Cajones. Rhino beat Al Snow. Steve Richards beat uh, Just Incredible. Two Cold Scorpio beat C.W. Anderson. And the FBI kicked it off by defeating Kid Cash and Johnny Swinger and Simon Diamond. So, pretty interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, was really, I thought that was really cool uh, for Dixie to be like, hey, you know what? Go ahead and use our platform, you know, and have a reunion and yeah. use our on our TV show and everything. I thought that that's what it felt like. So, I thought it was really cool. And I think maybe some of the TNA guys might have felt um, sidestepped, I guess. Yeah, you know. Wait, Sabu. Like some of the guys that like, were a little bitter or whatever because they were, you know, like. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. You know, we, we brought in the ECW crew and didn't use the TNA guys, really. Only ones right. ECW. Oh, yeah. Right. What do they got to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, cool. Uh, something else uh, that I thought uh, was pretty, pretty neat to kind of focus on a little bit too was yeah well yeah i mean rob and i actually talked about this a little bit last week what were your experiences with scott dimore did you have any sabu or yeah yeah i, I was with scott since he first started uh, oh, okay. oh yeah that's right rob was talking about that that's correct yeah, yeah. i helped break him in years ago uh mm-hmm. 85 i think uh, 86 maybe yeah yeah um so I've had five matches with AEW, and I'm thinking my win-loss right now is is, uh, win-loss is uh, two, three, right? Is that how you would say that? Yeah, two and three. Two and three, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Um, And uh, I can see... I can see the fans either either pulling f- for me, you know, to get a you know major major push, and or I could see me as fitting in, you know, more to be there to work with uh, some of their guys, uh, whatever. But um, jobbing is such a funny thing in in the wrestling business, and wrestling the business itself is like so phenomenal. And it stands out. It's so extraordinary from other businesses for so many reasons. But but when you think about it, like people really, really, really care, like uh, who, who wins and loses. You know what I mean? Like if you take a yeah. match, 
take a fans do, yes, yes. Yeah, like take a match that the fans are wrapped up in, like the Cody Rhodes uh, WrestleMania match yeah. or, or whatever. Like, like if something that happens where the fans don't agree with it, you know, in the finish and the wrong guy goes down or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna like pull their hair out, like that was so stupid. Why would they do that with them? And even though a finish like that would be designed to get some heat, so I guess that you know, then it works, right? But um, but uh, but the fans are really you know like if someone uh, loses a few times, then they're gonna be like, dude, you're just jobbing him out and, and wasting it. And it's it, it, it's it's funny when you look at it for um, for uh, for what it is uh, from a different perspective. Like let's say you know you're someone that um, you're uh, I don't know you're you you got uh, you got the skills and it's something you're able to from a professional world. You got skills. It's something you're able to uh, make a decent living at and uh, has these benefits and boom boom boom. Um, and and when it comes down to it. Uh, in the end, like everyone is so convinced that they know how everything works and stuff down uh, down to the finish. But then when it comes down to really who wins or loses, that's really what people remember. A lot of them, like even if it's a ba- their favorite guy, even if he gets screwed over and, and, and the entire locker room does a run in one by one and, and does their finish on him and they finally beat him. They're still gonna be like, "Oh, that's bullshit, man." <laughs> you know, and, uh, it, it's really a funny thing when 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 you look at it when when you when you break in, you know, like first first off when you start out, it's like Sabu taught me. Doesn't matter what they do with you, what they call you, anything. Get as much ring time as you can. Don't worry about each night. They're all individual nights. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and then at a certain point, uh, there's there's guys that like if they. They'll get bad reputations for being uh, for for refusing to put other stars over or put other wrestlers over, um, or they get a reputation for not wanting to do the job. And so you look at them from the locker room mentality, like like uh, dude, what an asshole! Doesn't he know it's a work? But in reality, when each time you do that, it actually affects the pathway of your career and how much money you're going to make. You know what I mean? Like imagine, um, yeah. So it's so weird. There's so many different, different ways to it because if you're in WWE and you're, I don't know if I need to name it, anyone of upper echelon, you know, say you're triple H and you're still wrestling and say um, you um, you, you fight, you, you have to win every single match, but then in the end, you're the one that's getting all the money that's in all the main events and everything. Well, then it's like, then it's like you win. So who's, who's stupid in the end? Who's being an asshole in the end, you know? Like short-term thinking kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. When it comes like when to- I do independent shows, when I used to wrestle, mm-hmm. I would say, I want this much to win this much to lose. They go, why? I said, if you're going to use me to get a rub for this guy, you have to pay me for it. Now, if you just want me to win and have people pop on your show, that's nothing. You want me to give a rub to somebody, uh, you got you to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I like that. That's pretty yeah, good. I've always had 90% of them was, okay, you win. Nobody wants to be like, all right, we're going to put this win. <laughs> that's a great strategy because you're yeah. like, all right, I'll, I'll win and I get paid. <laughs> it works out. But you're right. When I was in WWE, I got a very good reaction the first few months, but as I lost every match, 
I had a good reaction, and each night it was lower and lower. Finally, they were saying bullshit. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then I was, I, I blew my top. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They want it like you want to give the fans now, all the winning and everything, but in the eyes of the fans, it is. It really is. Yeah. Even if, even if it's a finish where clearly, you know, the dude's foot was on the ropes, ref didn't see it, it was screwed. Yeah. They still look at it as like this guy went down. Ooh, <laughs> bullshit. Now, the only guy who doesn't get affected by losing. Is Sandman because he's drunk, he should lose. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, kind of kind of hurts them. Uh, that's why when I would do a job, I, I kind of beat myself. Uh, I bleed a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, I myself. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was in the 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 same position, you know, thinking of how much effort I wanted to put into that, and how much to help with everyone else's programs that are more of, you know, really a part of the main show than me, who's just stepping into it, you know, because uh, um, I considered a lot of ideas. So yeah, this is some shit that um, you may or may not think of, but I just thought that I would uh, bring it up because it's, you know, it used to be like when we w- watched wrestling before I. I guess, you know, started training, maybe even still around that time, but it was the day of the jobbers, the enhancement matches. And it was always one guy. Yeah, it was definitely still then because I did it. <laughs> I had that Matt yeah, Burton. Really that, that Matt Burton moment. Burton, yeah. I mean, I did it too, but not with, with Vince, but yeah. Yeah. And it was like one guy, it was his job just to, he was there to get experience and to get the rub, you know. And so I worked, man, I worked, I was in the ring with Ric Flair, even if Ric Flair just beat the shit out of him. Right. Um, yeah, and it was guys that had enough talent to look make make the guy look good and and still, you know, around their way up. Usually, some guys were like career jobbers, though, right? Yeah. Some guys were over before. Like Iron Mike Sharp was a big star in Canada, but then in WWE, then he's the number one jobber. Yeah, Lanny Poffel, too. Those guys made yep, yep. jobs in party. Less stress. They got to go home every time there was promos. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that was it. And and you think, you know, like, well, you know, they understand. Uh, we all have a story that we're telling, and they get they understand their job. They get their assignment. It's to uh, make this guy look good or whatever. But in the in the in the most honest behind all the layers of it, do you think anybody really? Uh, wants to lose? No. 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 Only okay. want to lose if it means more pay. You know? And then, yeah. You know, still, that is good incentive. True. Know, That's good incentive. Good incentive. Even, even though it's a work, everybody's saying, man, I hope I win. I hope I win. <laughs> and, and it can sound silly, but then when you look at it in the business end of it, really, those are the guys that are going to get ahead are the ones that, that, that win the matches, and then they're going to be making more money and being higher on the card. And, and so you're not just being selfish. You're also protecting your own career right. interests. It's, it's a really weird, fickle thing to, to mess with, especially because, you know, we're just the flesh, you know, the meatheads in the dressing room that are uh, being peddled. And uh, and so it's weird to, from our perspective, we look at it, you know, like that's, that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But it is a perception thing too. Like, you know, you talk about that too. It's just like, hey, you know, you have an image that you want to uphold and kind of keep going. 
with that. And um, if you keep like losing and stuff like that, that gets in the fans' minds, or you think it does at least to to some of them. And you kind of want to have that balance of it all. I have read I've read uh, comments um, online from fans that have called me both um, Job Van Dam and uh, No Job. <laughs> No job, Rob. No job, Rob, I think, or something like that. Either one of those, you know, that I have much to say about it is just, you know, them. Well, I'm trying to get a rub from you, and you have to be somebody that wants for somebody to want to take a rub from you. Yeah. They don't take rub from nobody's. Right. You got enough money, and you go to the rubber tug. Rubbing tug. (laughs) Rubbing tug. (laughs) Whatever it is. Is that the other tag team name? There's choking smoke and then there's rub and tug. Yeah. <laughs> Partners of slobber and jobber. Slobber and jobber. That's so good names. Sabu, something that I've really enjoyed about doing this podcast is kind of learning more about the Sheik too in general. And then just how you help Rob and Rob talks about the Sheik helping him too. And uh what what's a big aspect of value that you really garnered from learning from the your uncle and stuff like that? If you had to choose something that really he's instilled to you in the business that you kind of convey to other people. I only smiled when I did stuff I was proud of. I didn't like doing stuff I wasn't proud of. So I try to stay away from that. So he always said, don't do nothing you're not proud of. Now I've done a few things I wasn't proud of, but I've done more things than I was, you know, and, yeah. and uh, even though I burned the bridge, at the time I was proud of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm proud now, but at the time when the bridge was burning, I go, "Ha ha, bridge is burning. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but I, uh, I I always wanted to do something that, like they go, "Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think it would you would have been better off if I took the money back in 1994 when they offered me to be the Sultan?" I go, mm-hmm. "Yeah, but I wouldn't be proud of myself." I'd be doing something that someone else told me to do. And I was too, I was, I was becoming hot. I was too becoming hot to, to want to conform to something else or somebody else. When I, when I had my, my own momentum going and I wanted to keep it going, I didn't want help from them. You know? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought they were just going to say, okay, your momentum going, go ahead. But they're saying your momentum's going, but we want to fix it. You know? Right. They put want to put a hat on you when you don't need a hat, you know. Basically, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's how I looked at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, you, who knows how that would even worked out if it did? Like, maybe you could have made money, maybe, but maybe it just uh, wasn't going to be a fit at all for you, and then that would have threw your career at a complete. Yeah, way. it could could have been, but uh, I wouldn't have been proud of myself. Yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. And it, and like, I mean, it could have turned out in a negative way for you, like ultimately, like if not, I, I I think it would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They trust your instincts too. That's, but also, yeah, I mean, those I have, I share those values too. Like I'm loyal first. And even if it's not best for business financially or whatever, you know, like, you know, I read a comment in the YouTubes that was saying to replace, replace this guy, you know what I mean? And it's like, but I, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never do that though, because you're the one that fucking put this together and came to me and somehow talked me into doing it. Right. And, uh, you know, and I, same thing like with, with, uh, you know, even like, um, you know, my, my book, you know, I got, I started doing something with a guy and, and now I've had some offers, you know, that, you know, they, they may, they would, maybe they would do like way better now if I sold this guy out and went to the better option thing, but I'm loyal. And so my plans are, you know, to still, you know, uh, stick with what I, what I told uh, this guy 
You know what I mean? Like those are um, maybe it would be more business, but that wouldn't be me. Just like that wouldn't be Sabu. Like we wouldn't be happy with ourselves uh, feeling like we screwed someone over to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's a great philosophy. I love it. Um, I get t- talk about real quick to Sabu just working with Giant Baba in Japan and stuff like that. I think that's I didn't kind of- work with them very much. I didn't work nope. with them at all, but you know, I worked for well, work for him. I mean, yeah, work for a couple him. tours. But uh, Rob could tell you more about Bob than I could. Oh yeah, he was telling us about it. yeah. With the- yeah, I didn't have uh, you know I, I didn't I didn't wrestle for all Japan that that much mm-hmm. or for long. I mean, but when I, was it like 98, 99? Um, yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. Wow, that's still pretty. Thousand. Man, uh, I worked for when everybody left and they went to Noah. I worked for Mrs. Bobo. Did you? Um, yeah. Wow. After, not after me, right? Yeah, well, yeah, you're in WWE already. And then uh oh, I forgot about this. Mr. Baba died and yeah, I did one tour for Miss with Mrs. Baba. I didn't know I did one tour with, with uh Mrs. Baba. After Baba died? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause uh after Baba died, Masawa took all the wrestlers with him and made Noah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And only left a few guys, Aquata and one other guy, Kea, and uh Whatever loyal Americans are, Johnny Ace was gone. Everybody was gone. Wow, I forgot that you were there uh, after me. That's what yeah. I was there since like '93, and uh, Sabu was FMW, and he was New Japan, and um, and then eventually, you know, all Japan. I forgot that that uh, I thought you were just there for a short while when I was there, and that was it. I came back after. Oh, okay, okay. Is there one you preferred better, FMW or New Japan, when you were at either? Um, FMW because I was more at home, but New Japan it paid more and it was uh, nice arenas. But yeah. in reality, FMW because I got to be, you know, I got to be the king. Yeah, heck yeah. In in FMW um, was Louis peeing on the bus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but in a bottle. In a bottle. Okay. Who, who peed? Who peed in the bus? Louis Piccoli. Oh, Louie did. Oh, he had a kid. He kept saying, "Stop the bus every every half an hour to piss." Finally, I said, "You're getting too much heat. Just piss in this bottle." So he peed in the bottle. So when no one was looking behind him, he showed me the bottle of piss, and I go, "Look, he pissed in the bottle." So he said, "Oh, motherfucker, doesn't that? They're mad." So we go into a rest stop. He doesn't get out. He takes the piss and pours it out the window. I go, look, he's pissing out the window. They threw him off the bus. I go, oh, fuck. I fucked up. They fired him. Threw him off the bus? Threw his bags off the bus. I, oh. I came back on. But he had big heat, and they fired him. So he got back to Tokyo. And I go, oh, man, it was only, it was a rib, you know? And so that's so why I, I um, got him an ECW. Wow, how about that? <laughs> and Paul didn't want to pay him much, so I, I'd give him a couple hundred extra a week, you know. Wow, how about that? But I owed him that. Plus, you know, I figured it was a matter of time until he makes it get to break anyway, which he did. He got a break with WCW, but mm-hmm. uh Louis was super talented. Yeah, he was very underrated, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was just mm-hmm. a lot to him that like just didn't yeah. He was super talented. Wow. Rob, you're known for your five-star frog splash. But some people don't get the star ratings they actually want in the bedroom. So no better time to bring this up. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. 
Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Does it work? Don't you think you need it? Try it for free for a month and see. You're going to love it. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it, baby. And we are got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free. F-R-E-E. When you use our promo card, guess promo code, guess what it is? Guess what? It's R-V-D. That's right. Promo code R-V-D at checkout. You just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code R-V-D to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. One of a kind, baby. Ooh, man. Well, I tell you what, this has been a hell of a show. Sabu, talk about your podcast a little bit, too, and what you kind of do. Uh, me and my buddy Josh, my, my life partner. No, my, 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 my lawyer, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we, we watch a, we talk a little bit, then we watch a, a video of me or somebody and we comment on it or have, have a guest on there and a video of them where I watch their match with them together and comment on it. Nice. Know. And that happens. I, I, I really don't know what to say that much, but if I see something, I can just react to it. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with uh, Haley on your next show. Yeah, yeah, that should be cool. And then I want to do right, hello. Next. I, I want to do you next. Again. Cool. Tell her I said, hey. Tuesdays hey. at five o'clock. Oh, Tuesdays at five, you said? Yes, every Tuesday at five. Every Tuesday at five. That's on Twitch or that's on Twitch? Twitch, okay. Yes. Sweet. I'll be sure to put put the links in everything too. To yeah, please do, please. Absolutely, yeah. And anything you need, you can just yeah, feel free to email me or get a hold of me too, and I'll be yeah. able to promote that stuff. So sweet, thank you. Got it. Cool, Rob. Is there anything else you want to cover, or do? You... I do have some words of wisdom to end the show with. Okay, all right. This, this is sissy stuff, uh, Sabu. So you know you might not like it. Yeah, cover your ears. <laughs> 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 Um, so, uh, looking around on YouTube, um, I, I saw, um, some headlines that took something on our show. I don't know if that's good or not. When they say, every D mentioned on his one of a kind podcast, I guess that's good. Maybe, you know, those people have it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, uh, in particular though, um, it said that I, um, said that, Sammy Guarva hitting Jeff Hardy's face was that was his fault, right? Um, which I did, you know. I said, "Hey, that's a high risk move." You saw that Sabu Jeff Hardy getting hit in the face? Oh no! Oh, okay. um, so Sammy Guarva did a, did a uh, shooting star, and Jeff had put his knees up to block it, but then Sammy's legs actually hit Jeff's nose oh, and lost wow. his nose open, and I think he got knocked out. I believe okay. that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I was just saying, you know, uh, when you do high-risk moves, you know, you're taking a big risk, so it's on you if you 
if you mess up, you know, and um, uh, that's all. I mean, I've taken a lot of high risk moves out because it was the guy that given initiated the moves fault, right? Yeah, yeah, fault, you know, it was a mistake, but it's fault, yeah. So, for some reason, though, um, that that made like big news, like RVD is calling Sammy out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh. And and also I saw it say uh, that uh, RVD says that Sammy needs to take more responsibility, <laughs> and uh, that's that's BS. I have no idea how, how much scold him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have no idea how much responsibility he has or hasn't taken. You know, so of course that's ridiculous. But it did give me an idea uh, of something to talk about for a little RVDology as oh. far as taking responsibility. Okay. So just to separate now from uh, the, the the Sammy story, um, I I just think uh, it's worth mentioning uh, that um, uh, a lot of people don't take enough responsibility for uh being in control of all the aspects of their life right and and you can look at that to to different uh, different extents because um like if you believe it in the in the most absolute sense some people say you know that um every situation you're in you got yourself there um I don't believe in absolutes, so there's got to be some holes in that. But if you look at that, what what that really means, you know, um, let's say you let's say it's not your fault. Somebody ran a red light and T-boned you, and and they crashed into you. Are you saying that's my fault? No, but from that perspective, you got in the car at least, right? I mean, you you at least did that. You chose to turn down that road. I mean, yeah. you can you can you can put m most things to that. You know, um, I, um, when it comes to some some things, do happen to you. I don't know if you're if if my situation is um, I, I lost my parents. Is there a point that I can say that I put myself in that situation? I don't know. Like I said, I don't believe in absolutes. I put myself in that situation by what living life, living my living my whole life by having them as parents. I I don't know. So you know, but it's a pretty solid thing to go by, um, knowing that there's going to be some exceptions because there's always exceptions, and I'm going to do a whole show on exceptions. I've been ex an exception to everything always. So, um, of course, I have to believe that that always exists. Uh, but when it comes to responsibility, um, there'll be a lot of people like uh, w when it came to um, marijuana, the first people that would use marijuana, first it was glaucoma. But then like anybody that had a med card, like they felt like they had to explain like no dog like i really do need it man i have this i have uh, this uh this uh herniated disc in my back and like i get pain like i can barely even sit up like i met like so many people around that time when it was just quasi getting legal and everyone felt like they had to really over explain but when they're doing that they're victimizing themselves because they're really looking at at it like that and they're telling everybody okay here's my here's why i'm a victim and if you look at it, that's really what they're saying. Uh, I think uh, people that get 
a lot of people to get government checks because of disabilities. Same thing, you know. They'll 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 want to stop to tell me, you know, like, dude, I don't even have, have any bone in, in in my knee anymore and stuff. You know, like I gotta I gotta walk with a cane if it's anymore after after so many feet or whatever. And I don't want to, you know, sound um, <clears throat> like I'm not sympathetic. But in a way, part of me is like, oh, poor you. I could, me and Sabu could spill out, you know, MRIs that would tell you we shouldn't be walking. Um, and, and, and we know that the only way we're going to get better is like Sabu said earlier, by working out, by making ourselves move. But a lot of people instead feel entitled to sit and do nothing. Uh, and they feel entitled because they, they victimize themselves. One thing that people will say, and this tells you that they do not believe they're in control of, of what's going on in their life. They'll say things like this. Well, at least it'll make my doctor happy. <laughs> you think your doctor gives a shit yeah. about your health? You know what I mean? No, that's for you. That's for you and your health. And you really are uh, in in a lot more control than than you realize you are. So um, I just wanted to to say that you know, take a look at yourself and how much do you consider yourself a victim and thereby entitled to do nothing about it because uh, you're being treated unfairly by the universe or whatever. Um, and, and really like, think about that. You know, can you say that you got yourself where you're at? I mean, to an extent that goes a really, really, really long way. If not all the way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it may be silly to look at it that way, but if my house burnt down right now, um, did, did, and I'm in it, you know, did I get myself in that situation? Well, yeah, when I bought the house or, or <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, yeah. but I mean it, it is though. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I could go more recent and say, yeah, when I left the fucking grill on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I left, when I left the doobie yeah. out the, next to the gas tank, you know, or, um, but, but I mean, really, like, um, for, for, for a lot of it, when you look at it, I mean, I got my, I, I'm here because of all, uh, because of the narrating, navigating through life up to this point, making those decisions, that's what got me here. And owning up to just that, I think, is taking uh, a lot of responsibility that a lot of people don't do. Because they feel entitled to not do it. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. Thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, that's it, man. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Let's get the book out of here. Yeah, we got a couple super chats just people wanted to make okay. comments. Kenny Williams, uh, thank you for the two ninety seven in Canadian dollars, by the way. Smoking a fat spliff for two legends, RVD and Sabu. So there we go. Yeah, they're happy to mind. I smoked yeah. it already. <laughs> and then uh, Spencer Harris, thank you for the five bucks. He says, RVD and Sabu, thank you guys for all your years of hard work and dedication. I have enjoyed watching you guys. Spencer from Alabama. So thank you, Spencer. Right on. Really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's been quite a while since, uh, since I've been to Alabama. Yeah. Yep. I've never been there. So how about that? I've been through there. Once. Oh, all right. Super low. Gotta production. change that, dude. Gotta change it up. Go to Alabama, man. The unfortunately, they're unfortunately uh they're they're one of the 
did they just get a marijuana law? They were considering it or something, but oh, I'm pretty know. sure they're, I don't know, never mind. Were they? They might have been one of the last ones. I don't know. Never mind. Producer, check that out. Las Vegas is legal. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We know that. <laughs> well, super Carolina is Georgia. I, I think Alabama is uh, is still uh, yeah. one, one of those very last states, but but I'm not sure. So anyway, uh, I I you know I got travel brain, so I'm gonna go ahead and tap out right now and say I did all right without drooling all over myself like slobber and jobber. Slobber jobber. <laughs> the rubbing dog tag team. He said uh, Super Lux Production says real quick the confidence you two emanated inspired me fearless. So cool. Awesome. awesome here. Glad to inspire. Yes. Sabu, Good. it's been inspirational to have you on here, man. So it's been a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Sabu, look at my fucking arm. It's crazy. Look at his arm. You got to get got to start working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> she told me that one time uh, that I, I should start doing these things for my arms. Oh, really? And I was like, yeah, when I was 18, 19, every day, I was like, I do. <laughs> and also, and also, um, Nancy Sullivan asked uh, when I I just turned 21 on this trip to Jamaica, and I was wrestling Kevin Sullivan. And her, and in the daytime, Nancy asked, you know, like, do you work out? <laughs> <laughs> I was so offended because I was like, maybe she didn't see me in my wife beater. I'm, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm huge. I'm almost 200 pounds. <laughs> uh, well, good stuff, guys. This was fun. Cool. Yes, fun indeed. Thanks, guys, and I'll be on Sabu's show soon. Soon. Keep your eyes peeled. Sabu, baby. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Tom. Um...